being an emissary of the kingdom of God and being a Bible expert are not the same thing. Hello, friends, and welcome. Thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate you listening to the podcast. If it's a blessing to you, please share it with a few friends. Take your favorite episode and share it with them, and maybe more people can be encouraged and discover the goodness of God and His intention, His good, kind intentions toward us and toward the planet. Today, I'd like to talk about getting back on heaven's agenda. And I've talked about this in different ways over the years and uh, in the podcast at different times and different talks. But I really more and more sense an urgency and an excitement that uh, I'm not a solo voice by any means whatsoever. There are many people who are calling for the same thing, and it seems to be resonating with more and more people. I was in Colorado Springs on a Zoom call with uh, people all over the world, and I was asked to share, and I started sharing the need to get back to the gospel of the kingdom of God, which is the gospel that Jesus preached, we see in Mark chapter 1, where Jesus, after John was put in prison, it says that Jesus went throughout Galilee preaching that the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. And so the 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 gospel, the good news that Jesus preached was that the kingdom of God had come near. It was the nearness of God's rule and the nearness of God's reign. And again, the kingdom of God is at hand is not some kind of apocalyptic statement about the end of the world is near. It's a statement of great joy saying that God's reign can be close to us now, that Jesus can be our king, that God's anointed one, Jesus Christ, can rule over us and our lives can be run by the same authority, by the same government, if you will, that runs heaven. Now, we all know that America has a government, and China has a government, and Canada has a government, and all these nations have governments that run them, that make the rules and govern what's permitted and what's right and what's acceptable in the land. And God also has a government. He has a rule. He has a dominion, which is called the kingdom of God. Or in Matthew, he calls it the kingdom of heaven. So heaven is God's throne. The earth is his footstool. And God's intention is for the whole earth to be covered with the knowledge of his glory. And we know from Moses' interaction with God when Moses says, show me your glory. And the Lord says, I'm going to cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. So it's God's will for the whole earth to be filled with the knowledge of his glory or with a knowledge of how good he is. And the way he is doing that is by letting his dominion, his kingdom spread all over the earth. And as more and more believers move on to God's agenda of allowing his kingdom to fill the earth, we see what Hebrews talks about, and that is the enemies of Jesus Christ being put under his feet. 
Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 and 13 says, But when this priest, talking about Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, that's talking about when Jesus died on the cross one time for all sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. And the way that the church of Jesus Christ is overcoming the enemies of God is by loving people and by serving people and by manifesting the kingdom of God. We see that Jesus, when he was on the earth, went throughout the land preaching the kingdom of God, healing the sick, and delivering those who were oppressed by demons and forgiving people's sins. And he has given us that same commission that we're to go throughout all of the earth and we're to proclaim the good news of the nearness of God's reign. This is the gospel that Jesus preached. This is the gospel that his first followers preached. In the last chapter of the book of Acts, it's talking about Paul being in Rome, and it says he lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. The primary concern of Jesus Christ was not about taking people to heaven. The primary concern of Jesus Christ was about bringing the kingdom of God to the earth through the hearts of people, that people would open their hearts to God's rule, that they would submit their lives to him and enter into a relationship with him, become his children, become part of his royal family, and administrate the kingdom of God on the earth. Jesus knows that if someone will submit their lives to God's kingdom, if someone will submit their lives to his authority, their eternity will be just fine. They will be secure for all of eternity in his kingdom. But our destiny is to reign forever on the earth with Christ. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 10, it says, You have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Now, Paul said that when we die, we go to be with the Lord in heaven. He said to be apart from the body is to be present with the Lord. So I believe we go to heaven and we experience the access to heaven that we already have because the Bible says in Ephesians that we're already seated with Christ in heavenly places. And we know from uh, Ephesians chapter 1 that God's end game is to unite everything in heaven with everything on earth through his son, Jesus Christ. So heaven and earth are going to be joined together when the fullness of the kingdom of God is established on the earth. But Jesus knew if someone is submitted to God's kingdom, if they want the rule of God in their life, their eternity in under his reign is not going to be a problem. However, if the message that we preach is, do you want to go to heaven when you die without helping people understand heaven is a good place to go because God's will is done perfectly there. We do the gospel a disservice. We're not communicating the same gospel that Jesus communicated because people will create a heaven of their own imagination. People, When people think of heaven, they think that may be a place where I just get to do whatever I want all the time. Of course I want to go to heaven. Hell sounds bad. I don't want to be tortured. I know being tortured is bad. But what people need to understand is that being tortured is being separated from God's presence. And when we 
present the gospel clearly? Do you want Jesus to be your king and reign over you for all of eternity? Then we can also help people understand what makes heaven heaven and what makes hell hell. Hell is being cast out of the presence of God for all eternity. It's being separated eternally from the source of all life. It is eternal darkness, eternal death, eternal suffering, because it is separation from God. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 14, it says that then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, and the lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So the lake of fire is the final destination for those people who reject the rule and the reign and the goodness and the love and the kindness of God. So hell is a bad place because it is that place of torment where we're separated from God's rule and reign. Heaven is a wonderful place because we're united with God's rule and God's reign, and he reigns over us. And so to help people understand the reason you should want to go to heaven is because God rules there is also to help people understand that's the same reason you should want God to rule over your life right now because he's so good, he's so kind, he's so gracious, he's so compassionate, he's so loving. You would be a fool not to want Jesus Christ as your king. And sometimes, maybe not for for everyone or or for you, but for me, in in the tradition that I grew up in, there was kind of this attitude that Jesus' disciples really didn't get it, that Jesus came to make a way for us to go to heaven, and his disciples didn't understand that. But then, uh, after Jesus was resurrected, then they understood that. But that's that's really not what you see in the scripture. Jesus' disciples thought that he was going to bring the kingdom of God to the earth by force. So they understood correctly that Jesus was bringing the kingdom of God to earth. What they misunderstood was the way that he was going to do it. They thought that he was going to be a conquering king. And what they discovered then after the resurrection, after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, was that they were going to do things the same way Jesus did, that they would become the servants of all humanity and carry this message to everyone in love and in service and in humility, offering people the opportunity to open their hearts to the rule of the Messiah, to open their hearts to the rule of God's Son, and to accept Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as the Savior of the world, as the Messiah in God's kingdom, and to let Him now rule over you as your Lord. And so the the non-believers who heard the disciples preaching the message of the kingdom of God in Acts 17, they respond to them and, and they're upset. And they say, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also, and Jason has received them. And they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And that was the message of the first disciples, that was the message of Jesus, that Jesus is the true king, and he is bringing the kingdom of God to the earth through people who are willing to open their hearts to him. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it astonishing that billions of Gentiles, billions of non-Jews have willingly opened up their hearts to follow the king of the Jews? And for the most part, The Jewish people have rejected Jesus 
as their king. But isn't that astonishing that this, for, for no explicable reason, that this man from Galilee, this carpenter, this, this teacher, this prophet from this no place podunk nation, this you know, this completely insignificant nation, if you look in terms of military power, in terms of political influence, and yet this man, this person who was born in just such an insignificant corner of the world, historically and politically speaking, and yet now today, billions of people willingly desire to follow him and have him be king over their life, Praise God. That should be such an encouragement to every follower of Jesus. The miracle that we open our hearts to him and we want him to be our king. And that all of these people from so many different walks of life. I mentioned in the last podcast that last month I was in Kenya. And I was in the most rural parts of Kenya with people who are living not very differently than they lived thousands of years ago. And yet in these villages, these people have opened their hearts to Jesus Christ as God's Son and as their Savior, and they're submitting their lives to His rule, and they're seeing the kingdom of God be manifested in their midst. They're seeing the rule of God transform their communities. What a joy. What an encouragement. And I know sometimes in the West, you know, we, we see the, the church in decline, but this is a beautiful moment for the church to rise up and for the church to get back on God's agenda, not the agenda of of the afterlife. That is not the emphasis we see in the New Testament. That is not the emphasis we see in Christ. That's not the emphasis we see in the apostles. We see the emphasis on the kingdom of God reigning in the lives of people, and it's God's will for every heart to submit to his rule, that the kingdom of God would be established on the earth, that every enemy of Christ would be placed under his feet. And God has charged his church to be about this through love, through service, through humility, not through violence, not through political power, but through the same example that Christ left for us, through laying down our lives and giving ourselves to loving people, to sharing with people, to healing people, to delivering people from demonic oppression, to preaching the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. What a great, great honor. And the church, this is the hour, this is the moment for the church to return to the gospel of the kingdom of God, the gospel that Jesus preached, the gospel that the apostles preached. And personal salvation is a piece of that puzzle, but the gospel focused on personal salvation, the gospel that's completely focused on the afterlife, I really think is a modern Western interpretation of what the Bible is really talking about. And I just issue this as a challenge, as a call. I know that I'm, I'm not the only one saying these things, and I know that I don't have it all figured out, but I see an urgency, especially after being back in the States now and interacting with more and more believers who um, think that uh, what, what really matters is going to heaven when you die. And I, I mean, going to heaven when you die is super, super important, and don't get me wrong, but going to heaven when you die will be a non-issue if you want Jesus Christ to be your king, if you think that it's great joy to have the kingdom of God run your life. And so the nearness of the kingdom of God is that 
Jesus has brought the kingdom of God close in time and in space right now. He said, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, the kingdom of God has come among you. And so in the last episode, I mentioned The Chosen, and I I am still loving that show. We watched the first episode of it tonight. Uh, And yet, they have chosen to have, uh, no pun intended, they've chosen to have Jesus, when he talks about the kingdom of God, talk about it as something that is in the future, without the emphasis on the present. And so the kingdom, there's and I've said this a lot, so I'm sorry for those of you who have listened to other podcasts, but the kingdom of God definitely has an eschatological element to it. There's definitely a future day when Christ comes back and establishes his physical kingdom and manifests the fullness of his glory on the earth. So there is that future element to it, but we can't let that future element prevent us or or put us into a mode of passivity, of sleepiness, of slumber, of just waiting for God to do what he has entrusted to us as the church. And honestly, who can really say where that line is? And I certainly can't. I don't know. But I certainly want to err on the side of being proactive. I certainly want to err on the side of exercising as much authority as God has given to me to manifest his kingdom on the earth. And if I if I try and go too far, then I trust that the Lord will reel me back in, even as he had to on occasion his own disciples, when they would ask for too much or, you know, when they would want to know things that weren't for them to know, he would tell them, hey, that's not for you to know. It's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority. It's not, it's not for that. But, but then, in that same chapter in Acts, in Acts 1, he says, but you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you're going to be my witnesses. So yes, there are some things in the future that is not for us to know right now, but what is for us right now is to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and to witness the Lord Jesus Christ and to witness the kingdom of God. So I just want to encourage you to test these things, to see, to go to the scripture and to see what is the gospel? What is the gospel that I should be sharing with the people around me? What is the gospel that I'm believing for myself? And what are the implications of that gospel? The accumulation of biblical knowledge and the expansion of God's reign on the planet are not the same thing. Being an emissary of the kingdom of God and being a Bible expert are not the same thing. And I love the Bible. If you listen to the podcast, I think the Bible is inspired. I think it's authoritative. It's what we should always come back to. We have to know the Bible. Bible study is important because it sets us on the track that we should run on to expand God's kingdom. But Bible study is only useful in as much as it serves the expansion of the rule of Christ in our hearts and in the hearts of other human beings on planet Earth. The goal of training people, of building up the body, Ephesians chapter 4 talks about the training of the saints in the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, to attain to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The purpose of studying the Bible is so that we know how to grow up and to be like Jesus and tackle the world's problems with the resources of the kingdom of heaven. God has resourced us out of heaven to be able to make the enemies of Christ submit 
to his feet, to be able to bring this kingdom to the world that so desperately needs it. We're getting back on heaven's agenda when we seek to unite everything in heaven with everything on earth through his son, Jesus Christ. May the Lord empower us to this end for his glory in Jesus' name. Amen.